you're listening to the Aussies on NBA podcast with the NBA Oracle, Sneaky Pete from the Dark Web, and Maddie LeBrant. Broadcast live on 2NVR 105.9 FM by way of the Tawinga Hall and Yarrahapne Mountain in the heart of the mid-north coast of New South Wales. What have we got coming up? Well, it's pretty much 8 o'clock. What do we do 8 o'clock on a Tuesday night? We've got Aussies ah. on NBA. <laughs> Pretty much, pretty, pretty much, much guaranteed pretty much. to be on at eight o'clock on a Tuesday night. You could set your sundial to it. All mate, right? you've got ironing to do, mate. Screw the eight o'clock. You've got ironing to do and listening to Ry Cooter. Come on, this is a basketball podcast. Man. Yeah, I'm just saying, mate. All right. Hey, listen, can you wait to be introduced? Um, Oracle, the NBA Oracle, the man who knows everything about the NBA is joining us tonight. And I will talk to him in a second after we talk to... Sneaky Pete from the dark web, the man, you cannot hold him back. I think he's just had an eruption or explosion of enthusiasm caused by probably the equal biggest or maybe second biggest dunk I've seen this season performed by Joel Embiid the other day. Pete, you've got to be excited. Who doesn't love a bit of troll Embiid? Ooh, troll and bead? Yeah, he's changed his name. You're kidding it's me. It's Joel Troll and Bead. Ooh. Oh, you don't have Twitter. No. Get on the Twitter. What's happening? He's hilarious. He trolls everyone. Oh, okay. Who's he trolling he's a now? Troll. Uh, what's he, he, he trolled the Ben Simmons the other day. I didn't quite get the joke, but it was a, it was an attempt at a troll. Oh, okay. What about the deadline? Oh, you want to talk about that? That's why I'm here. Okay. Uh, well, instant reaction. Are we talking happy Pete today or sad Pete today? Well, depend on what part of my body you're talking to. Well, usually I'm talking below the waist. Below the waist is uh, not a vent. No. No, you can't. You can't go there. I'm trying to keep. The, I've locked the misses out of my room. Really? You know, I'm out of action for a while. Drastic measures. Drastic Lucky Valentine's Day was yesterday. Yeah. Now, was yeah. this after the Joel and Bede eruption the other day? Are you, much. Have that you been was, put out to pasture? Point. <laughs> On Jared Allen. On Jared ah. Allen. On Jared Allen. I've got Allen. something to say about that. Yeah, I'll, tell I'll us. Simon Go. You've got to like Jared Allen, eh? Well, I think he's he's just made his first All-Star game. Is that right? Yeah. Well, he. I'll say to Matty earlier, it was a setup. Thank you, gorgeous Yang. Um, <laughs> everyone knew he was coming, and Jared Allen could have hard fouled him easily, but he went to try and get put Joel on a poster himself. Because yep. if he had a got the block, that's play of the week. And yeah, he's, yeah, he's no pushover, is he? He'll go. No. That's why I love uh, Aaron Baines. You know, like guys that. Are there to play pure basketball? They're not there for to, you know for their name or anything. They're there to win and to play the right way. Good on him. Yeah, but yeah, he could have he could have dogged it. He could have gone for the hard foul, but he took on the challenge. And I like that about big men. It's all about owning the pain. Yeah, and he wanted to take him on. And you know what? He lost, but yeah. I think he won it. I think he won at the yeah. same time. Agreed. Yeah, he, he come off second best, but. How many times do you see it in footy where someone will go and put a, well, attempt to put a big hit on, but come off second best, and you think, oh, still thinking, 
All right, mate, you had a go. You know when I mean, Luke like... Cornett for the Celtics comes in the lane <laughs> next time, Jared Allen's got his number. What is speaking of Aaron Baines? What's going on at the Celtics? Well, you can't let you can't let a big man go. You got oh, Cornet back. <laughs> Come on, you got Daniel Tice listen. back. <laughs> let it go, Celtics. Look, you know, uh, Brad Stevens, our GM and former coach, doesn't have. He doesn't know that many players, you know. He's taught the, oh. you know, the Celtics how to play, and he knows a few. So yep. when he's going to make a move, he's just going to bring back old guys. Go Before with what you know. Ones, can I just ask you an opinion on something? I'm listening. You guys destroyed Freedom's career, didn't you? Ooh, no. You we gave it a did. chance. No way. If Quindry Weatherspoon can get a gig in the NBA, Ennis Freedom can get a gig, you you right. toss that contract knowing hey. that he wouldn't get picked up. Pete, you got you need a backup big man. And we got Daryl Morey too. That's right. He said about the, he does, he the Hong Kong mind. protests. That's right. He doesn't mind uh, sticking it to China. So what do you think, Pete? Well, mate, if you ever wanted more proof Ladies and gentlemen, proof that we that the influence of this podcast across the entire NBA world, yeah. we were one of the first with the Simmons for Harden. Yeah. We were on the first. We were talking back yep. at that at the start of the season. Yep. Pretty sure I came up with that one. And just to <laughs> give us just to give us some just to give us a a, a wink and a nod that you're listening, Daryl, you bring Millsap minutes to the Wells Fargo. We're getting Millsap minutes, and he's going to get game time too. We don't have many bigs. Pete, Millsap could end up with the ring. Yes. That's why another right. screw you to China. Are you going to tune off to Joel Embiid just like being King Kong on, on the on the Empire State Building and Harden knocking in threes? Nah. They're going to butt, well, punch through the firewall. You know... You know, I've got to say that um, those uh, people tuning in for the first time, you know, to hear our take on the big trade deadline, I don't think they were expecting Ennis Freedom and Paul Millsap to be headlining uh, <laughs> the big stories. these big stories. Hey, this ain't any other podcast, man. We've got the real stories here. The we're stories nice. behind the stories. Sneaky Pete's predictions have been pretty bang on. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about Come me? Come on. What about what, me, that Pete? your prediction? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, Durant's going to call up and, and put the kibosh on it. <laughs> One of your best. I think you will find that didn't I... didn't even pick him in the All-Stars. I didn't... Oh, okay. No, I think you will find that I did say on a few, a few shows ago that Josh Hart might be leaving the Pelicans. <laughs> The way it just something didn't look right to me. That you're, what that's scoop, true, man. Three or four weeks ago, I said that. The big news. Yeah. And what happened? You heard it here first. Thank you. So, but, uh, well, okay. Oh, well, what a deadline. Who would have thought the biggest winners yes. would have been the Pacers? Who knew Tyrese was up for sale? Well, <laughs> is that your opinion there, Pete? That they, Pacers are the biggest winners on. of the trade? Here, from think... a Philadelphia fan. Yeah. No, you know, what tipped, you know what tipped us over into a bit of a loss where it turned into the gamble? Is um, the Drummond inclusion. Oh. Ooh. Because 76 has been 
if not the best, I haven't checked the stats this week, but the best, they were the best rebounding team in yep. the competition. Yeah. And a lot of that is to do with the one-two punch of having Embiid and then the, the 12 and 12 from the Big bench. Big drum. With, with drum. Beating the drum. And so we lost that trade with the drum and inclusion. But, so, it's a, but it's a gamble. So, Pete, you happy about the trade overall? Or? Yeah, yeah, I am because if you think if, – if you on paper, the three – like Seth Curry's three should cancel out the threes. And we can maybe pick up, say, a, a Eubanks in the buyout market to get another big on the bench. And But I think we're, we're one big short. So we're going to have to look in the buyout so, market because uh, as much as we love the broodingness that is Paul Millsap, mm. uh, we need a, we need another so we need someone else who can um, yeah control can, the paint a bit better. Can I just chip in here a bit, Oracle? I'll just say yeah. this: um, looking at the roster of the Sixers, I'm very impressed with them getting harder, and I just hope yep. he can return to somewhere near the form he had. Uh, even as little as 12 months ago, okay? Uh, if he can yeah. return to that form, I am really excited about the 76ers. However, I'll say this. As a supporter of a team that uh, went, well, basically thought that they could handle, uh, have Paul Millsap as their big in their second unit and watching it fail, I agree with Pete. The 76ers definitely need a bigger option and a, and a better big man option off the bench because in playoffs, it's not going to count having Millsap out there trying to stop one of the top team's second units. So what do you reckon, Oracle? Yeah, look, I do think that's a problem for them, but I'm more, I'm more interested in how Harden's going to fit with Embiid, how they're going to fit defensively together. Who's going to be controlling the ball? How Harden's going to fit into playing with Embiid? Because Embiid's still the star of the show here. And, yeah. and what's Harden going to do now? So I'm very, I can't wait to see how it's going to all settle. I think, um, I think Harden's ate a bit of humbles. Like, yeah. He doesn't accept a, like a, the second star. You're not, he knows he's not better than Durant. So he's had yeah, some experience. And what did he do? He, he powdered and he, he wanted out. That's good. Pete, I think that's purely and simple, Kyrie. Pete, do you think he thinks he's better than Embiid? At the moment, I think he wants to sit back, chuck in threes, and go to strip club. Are there any in Philly? Ah, uh, well, there must be. You couldn't. You couldn't get a talent like that without him. Yeah. Okay. Pete, Harden is the kind of guy that uh, I think he must be pretty emotional to like force his way out of two teams. Once the Philly crowd, if, if he's not putting in and he's having one of those kinds of games and they start booing him and all that, is he going to want to? Is he going to like just have enough of it and want out? Well, who cares at the end of the year? It's expiring. We don't have. We, then we we can go into the free agency market with a couple of guns. Yep, Pete. As I said to you, uh, he's playing for a contract. Uh, I think he opted into his player that, option at forty-five million for next year. That thing can work both ways. Yeah, but either way, he doesn't want to fail. He wants, yeah, he he wants, wants to win. win. He, he, I he think can't, so. Yeah. He can't be a legend yeah. unless he takes the ring. Yeah. He knows Look, that. He I sees think, Joel Embiid his best chance. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's he's walked out of two clubs. If he walks out of a third, you know, that that's that's 
that's starting that's to what get he, that's what he'll be remembered joke. for oracle rather yeah. than being a great player to be a player that threw his weight around and never succeeded so yeah i hope he does well pete yep. you got to think okay there's an opportunity to get a big man off the scrap heap there round the team out a bit uh you're coming into the uh you know east first west uh the uh, all-star weekend uh you must be thinking okay you're over the hump and you're coming around the home stretch where are you in terms of that special little feeling you're getting about could this be the year sort of ratting around in your head is it gonna happen what are you thinking um they've got a great shot yeah I agree. they've got a great shot because if you look at the bucks it all, it all, it's all on Embiid. If Embiid's going nuts, and there's, he's not letting up. He's see, he's doing what Charles Barkley and Shaq have told him to do. Like he's not, he's dominating lesser teams now. Like every time he hits the hits the planks, gets out on the on on the floor. He was criticised for being lazy in games. And now he's doing a shack and going out and dominating every game that he's been in, and that's what we wanted for him. It can only it can only light the fire a bit further. And now at least we've got a weapon that if he's not firing in a playoff game, well, oh James, let's see what you can do. You haven't proved yourself either in the finals. So we've got two guys looking for redemption in finals, and I want the Nets. I want the Nets with Ben Simmons mm. starting point guard. And against Durant, who we've already had some Tatar Tates with the Nets this year, Durant and uh, Embiid. Imagine the That's lineups, Pete. Tate. I'd love that. Yeah, drum, drum on the uh... <laughs> – yeah, back to back to the war. Yeah. We had that yeah, amnestice for, what, six months with drum in the side. But Embiid hates him. <laughs> What what you about know, is Thibault going to be on Durant? Surely no, I wouldn't no. say that. I reckon Thibault would probably be on Seth Curry or something like that. I say he can help. Oh, it depends, Kyrie. If um, if uh, at the Wells Fargo. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, Pete, they're starting to wind back those um vaccine mandates. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, even more if hope, Kyrie hope, is playing in the um finals, mate. I hope he plays, and I hope we beat him. That I'd love would, to see it. That has the potential be to be one of the best yeah. series you could ever wish for. I'll be like, taking I'll days off work. Match. Yeah, I'll be well, taking Pete, days off work. Can I ask you about the Brooklyn side of the deal? You're, you're close to Ben Simmons and the guys that went over there. You've spoke about Drummond. How do you think they fared now um, that the dust has settled? Do you like? I think what they came. Done? I think they came out all right. They've got a good passing point guard now. Um, that, you know, with Nash there, you might be able to coach him into a style of play. You've got the best player in the league now to get you out of trouble, Benny. Um, Joe Harris's injury has been nullified with Seth Curry, even though he's very important to the, to the side. But they were always missing that big, weren't they? Like, yeah. And a proper big. And fair enough, offensively, Drum's not the best, but he's a presence in there, and he'll get your boards. So mm. he'll get your extra shots. 
So um, I don't. I think I think everyone can be reasonably. It's one of those. It's almost a perfect deal. We're a little bit more upset than Brooklyn, but everyone's slightly annoyed. Like Brooklyn's yep. annoyed with Harden going. We're annoyed with Ben Simmons. Yeah, we had to you know close your eyes and think of England and get it over and done with. It's not too bad. It's the owners are probably like a couple of Premier League football stars that are swapping supermodel girlfriends. You know. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't try and get something for Nick Claxton, though. Well, you know, I, I think I guess, he's got a bit of trade value. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe you know, they just needed some extra size, and maybe they get, gives him a little bit of versatility there because you know he's got a little bit more speed and can maybe hang with some more uh, quicker players on the other end. So, yeah, I, I like the balance of the Nets team. I yeah. like the different looks they can give. I like that you know Paddy can still play a role there. And I think if Simmons comes back and he's playing well, like towards the end of the season, I think um, I think the Brooklyn is going to be back, you know, as one of those uh, main contenders there in the East. Well, it's perfect for him because in a way, say in the way games where Kyrie and Durant are playing, yep. you're number three now. You got to, you're racing with cover, like all you're not putting bums on seeds, like. And how easy is it going to be for uh, a guy with the passing ability of Ben Simmons to make Kyrie and Durant look good? Yeah, Come I'm on. interested how that will look because I, I'd imagine that Kyrie would want the ball, and I'd imagine that you know KD would want the ball. Yeah, you know, I'm just really I don't I don't know how they're going to look if they're playing those three little guys on the perimeter. Yeah, but Kyrie's excellent. He's got excellent movement, and Kyrie oh, yeah. will, will start loving it when Simmons finds him with that, you know, yard and a half of space where Kyrie can do his magic. Yeah. I think I think Kyrie will end up really liking Simmons if he if Simmons releases the ball, which he won't shoot. Mm. Like if he's going to be if you're scared to shoot before, yeah, he's got to be scared to shoot now. He's <laughs> got some of the greatest shooters that ever lived playing with yeah, him. Yeah, lived on your side plus Seth, you know, Seth Curry. Yeah. <laughs> Even, uh, no, uh, even Curry, Blake. Harris, and uh, and Durant, Marcus yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think both teams can be pretty happy, and both teams look better. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a deal that had to be made, and if if they didn't make that trade, I think both teams would have ended the year worse off. Yeah, sure. So um, I think it's like reignited that that end of that uh, east um, top part of the ladder there. Well, it's turned it on a dial. or It's been all negative press and it's all positive and hopeful press now. Yeah, Everyone, so... Like, it's big difference. Where I was thinking definitely Milwaukee now, I don't know, you know. I think that both those teams can catch them. I'm, I'm still thinking Milwaukee, but, uh, boy, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. Then throw Chicago and Cleveland in the mix. It's going to be one hell oh, of a... So some bad news from Chicago. Did you hear about Levine? No. Oh no! He's um, he's now getting a second opinion about his knee. Oh no! So he's going to take some more time off. He he's probably going to miss the All Star game and everything now. And depending on how it looks, it could could be even worse. So he's he's playing. He was playing. He came back with a sore knee, and uh, it's not going well. So he's now looking around. So not good news for the Bulls. Man, well, that's no. not good. So. Pete, well, let's talk paces. Yeah, I just want to ask you last, one last question, Pete, about the 76ers. In terms of where you are going into last year's playoffs with a fairly red-hot 76ers team and Simmons playing well, uh, yeah. and, 
and you guys actually demolishing teams. Where do you sit now in terms of confidence going in? Oh, much better. I was never confident last season. No, I, I, I know. On, the team was doing show, well, but we you were, were never confident. leads every, every game. Right. Where do you sit now in terms of confidence? Oh, with Harden, they're pretty confident. Pretty confident. I, it, it, we've got the, the piece. The table is set. Yeah. Are you we gonna, just need to perform. Are you going to lay the smack down on it? Never bet on your own side, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Come on, man. If, if no. there's ever an opportunity, it's now. Harden's just no, joined the team. I, I don't do that. Yeah, okay. All right, so, Oracle, what are some of the other trades that sort of tickled your fancy during the uh, well, run-in? I think the next most interesting trade was poor Zingus going to the Wizards for nothing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> about that. Spencer and what was it? Spencer and, and Bertans. Oh, that's right. You're, you're mate. Both so, of them have played <laughs> terrible. And both of them have still got, like, money on their deals. They've still got years on their deals. So they, they really dumped poor Zingas for, I reckon, for nothing. So, Oracle, uh, you look at these two players. Rumours around the league are that they're not great in the locker room, not well liked. Right. Um, both players, Dimwitty and uh, Big Paul Zingas. Are they going to get another contract, these guys? Well, it's not going to be a big contract, I don't think. You know, there might be some team that's willing to take the plunge on Porzingis because he, look, when he's fit, he does have that tantalizing talent that you just can't get. You know, a guy seven foot four that can block shots and hit threes, but he just doesn't stay on the court, does he? And you he's know, not he, well liked. He's always injured. So I think Dallas just had enough of him. But I don't know if it makes Dallas a more scary team, does it? Nah, no. not to me. And did you see um, Doncic come out and hit 50 or something like well, that? Well, yeah. Um, you know, Proving a point. Prove a point, yeah, just to show that he was right. Um, I, I My fear factor for them in the Western Conference has gone down, I'll tell you that. I think so. And not and don't get me wrong, Paul Zingas can't guard Jokic, and I wasn't particularly scared of him in particular. But but there there were games, remember, in the last playoffs where the, Paul Zingas would Clippers. have a great game. That's yeah. right. Yeah, he could play. That's right. So on the on the night, something you know, he could deliver something, but yeah, I can't see anything with the with the guys they brought in. Nah. So what was the theory there, Oracle? It saves them one year in salary instead of like three years. It's two years. But gosh, could they have found anyone that can offer them anything? You know, that, that's that's got to be bottom of the barrel. We consider Sabonis was up. Yeah, but like someone that can offer something. Like, what's what are either of these guys going to offer the uh, the, Wiz, uh, the uh, Mavericks? I don't think. You don't think Sabonis would have been a decent fit at the Mavericks? Who's that? Sabonis. He's off to the Kings. Oh, but, what a waste. The bonus is a valuable player, whereas these guys, I think they were just swapping problems. No, I mean, KP, KP to Indiana for Sabonis. They wouldn't want him. No. That's, Sabonis that's is much the problem, more Pete. He's not, he's not good enough. Poor Zingas, you know, and, and Sabonis. What you're saying doesn't make sense because. Okay. No, well, because Sabonis... What are you saying? Sabonis is a valuable player. Yes. Yeah, more valuable than Paul Zingas, and you wouldn't oh, swap more. him. 
Sabonis is a fringe yeah, all-star. Sabonis went for Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy healed. <laughs> Which tells yeah. you that Ty- that Halliburton, and, and, and people are saying that the Kings got screwed on what that are you deal. Saying? Are you saying that Sabonis wouldn't improve the Dallas Mavericks? No, he would. Oh, yeah. He would. Yeah, so what are you talking about? The Mavs they would have made that trade, but there's no way that the Pacers would have taken back Porzingis. Well, Porzingis is a negative valued player. Well, the Pacers have been lunatics for how long now? <laughs> yeah. Pete, there's no doubt if they could have talked him into taking it, it would have been a great deal. <laughs> Mark Cuban, you know, the ultimate businessman, could have made, if he made that happen, I probably would have taken my hat off and I are, are might you, have quit my job wizards? and visited him and said, hey, mate, I'll work for you for free <laughs> if he'd pulled that deal off. It's a bonus for Paul Zingas. Are you kidding me? He got traded for Spencer, didn't we? <laughs> what, what? Hey, no! No! Matty, what kind of drugs is Pete on from this uh, operation? You're fucking crazy. They both got similar salaries, and, and, and like you're saying that, you know, it wouldn't. It would. Sabonis is much better player. No, what we're saying is Halliburton and Heald are better than Paul Zingas. No one knew how, that was the biggest head scratcher for me. Like I've always, I've been my stocks on Paul Zingas have been down for quite some time. Yeah. I don't even think. I don't even think Dallas knew that was an option because I don't like look at Ty. I would have, I would have traded Maxi for Halliburton. Would you? Yeah. Well, listen, Halliburton's one of the best young guards in the league. He's in like averaging league. 12 assists a game, you know, like he's a, he's a future perhaps star, you know, maybe an so, all-star. Maybe okay, well, how would you give it up if you're the Kings? Yeah, what are you doing? But, well, did you see Fox scored 38 or something today? They lost though, didn't they today? <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen Have you seen Halliburton's form this year? They They lost to the Nets without Kyrie, with um, Seth Curry being the top player yeah, for, for the Nets. Oh yeah, Curry was on fire. Yeah. Um, yeah, Scott Fox scored twenty six today. Sabonis only got nine though. That was weird. But um, mm. yeah, I don't know, Oracle. Uh, I I think. You know, that's it for Paul Zingas, obviously. Yeah. No, he's dumped the wash, fire. Washed out in New York. Washed he's back out. to Europe. Yeah, he'll be back to Europe. Uh, after his yep. contract runs out, unless someone buys him out because they're just sick of him in the locker room. Is there a yeah. chance he's going to be injured for the rest of his contract? No, but, you know, he he's the kind of guy that will come back and, you know, maybe play a good solid week or two, maybe, and then he's gone again. And He'll be playing in the John Wall Pro-Am. <laughs> yeah. Can, can I um, ask, what are the other uh, trades, Oracle, that jumped out at you? Well, I think the other major trade in, in my – well, actually, there's two. Um, there's Harold going to the Hornets, who needed a centre. So he's going to give him a bit of a spark there. I don't know if he's the big man that I would have got. I would have got a more defensive kind of a player for them. But he's definitely the sort of guy that's the rim runner. He can run downhill, yeah. You know, and, and you can see that working really well with Lonzo. Yeah. So there's that. And I Prince. think the other one has got to be the Celtics picking up Derek White. Oh. I've never heard you mention his name <laughs> ever before. It's all Keldon Johnson, Jonte Murray. Oh, they're so athletic. They're so great. Never once heard Actually, you say. Lot, Pete, I knew it was coming. A lot of upside. Actually, I did say, didn't I say that they were the only team without an out and out young superstar coming through <laughs> at the start of this season? 
It's been all Keldon Johnson's caught your eye. Now, now you've got the B reel of the gosh, NBA. What the Cypress a Hill. he is. Oh, so like the, the Celtics Ori- fans are loving it. Oracle, they just beat the Hawks, uh, ninety-five yep. to one hundred and five. So they it was a you know, pretty good towel up. Uh, it sounds like it would have been reasonably uh, comfortable. And our mate over at uh, the Hawks, you know, Trey Young scored thirty. Um, Bogdanovich got twenty-six. Uh, so it wasn't as if they weren't firing, but. You look over at the Celtics, 38 to Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, 17, Marcus Smart, 13, and 14, Derek White off the bench in 29 yeah, minutes. You've got to be reasonably happy. There must have been a bit of garbage time there, was there, or not? No, 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 no. It was much more about defense. In the second half, Atlanta only scored 40 points altogether. The Celtics really locked them down, and then it was just a Jason Tatum show. So the way that what we see with Derek White is a great defender. And yeah. we always had that guard that you can pick on. You go back to Isaiah Thomas and then Kyrie Irving and then uh, Kemba and then Schroeder. Always someone that was too small to be out there. But now with White, you really can put five very strong defenders on the court. And White's the sort of guy that moves the ball quickly. Uh, he attacks the rim. He's just the kind of player we need on the offensive end as well. So that balance that he brings has looked like it's going to be the just the right move the Celtics needed. I'm having deja vu. Are we talking Derek White or Kemba Walker? Because you know this was the same conversation we had last year, wasn't it? I don't know. I said you, Kemba Walker was a great defender <laughs> last year. What are you talking no, about? Kemba, he was going to lead you to the top of the He was going to lead him to the title. Just what you yes. needed. <laughs> yeah. He was just what they needed at the time. But, but Oracle, now we need this. <laughs> Oracle, looking at the team today, uh, yesterday against the Hawks, you had eight players playing, an eight-man rotation. Yeah. Tatum, Horford, Williams, Robbie Williams, as I like to call him, uh, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Grant Williams, uh, Derek White and Peyton Pritchard. So yep. there's eight men there. Is that what you think the playoff eight-man rotation will be? Look, it could be. The one that is oh, a bit iffy is Peyton Pritchard. Yeah. So it depends on how he plays. I'm, I'm hoping he comes through with the goods. But definitely those seven are, are, are a solid seven. And I am worried that Ime Udoka, our coach, is not making you know the lineup a little bit uh, broader because I don't want to tire these players out, and if you know an injury goes to one of them, then we're yeah. stuffed. You so know? when's Tice coming back? When's Tice in? Well, in, I thought he was going to play against the Hawks, but he he didn't. So um, I'm not too sure what's going to happen there. If he's going to be just a, a backup, I'd, uh, but I'd imagine he'd be a, the backup big man on the bench, make it nine. Perhaps. To pick like, Grant Williams has been playing that role and done a really, really good uh, job. But he's only, like, 6'6", six, six, isn't he? He is, but he's our best three-point shooter. He's uh, He can guard any You need position. another stretch. Not, he can't here. guard centres. <laughs> what do you mean he can guard any... How much any... room do you want to give the Look, he can't, Is he going to guard Jokic? Is he going to guard Embiid? No. He can't guard those two, but centres who aren't much chopped, he, he can take them. Don't worry about that. Oh, no, he got it covered. Yeah, 
So Oracle... Wait, is it, is it all four of them sitting on a three-point line with the Time Lord standing in the centre by himself? Pretty much. Oracle, have you... <laughs> and have, it works. Have, since the uh, recent trades, have you decided to book holidays during the uh, predicted uh, playoff finals week? Uh, because that you're that because confident that we've won the eight Celtics, in a row? Yeah, the Celtics are going to take it all the way. Because we've won eight in a row? You know, you are lucky to beat the Nuggets the other day. Oh, lucky, was it? Well, Nuggets were down to third and fourth string point guards. Yeah. And and you guys were you just didn't have anything. No. Once once we shut down Jokic, the uh possible MVP, you had nothing left. Well, did you know that um Farku played the last seventeen minutes straight? Yeah, and that's why they uh ran into the ground. Yeah. Good job, Coach Malone. Yeah, so too many players out, and I think he's stuffed up there. But I'll tell you what, I would quite openly welcome uh, playing the Celtics in the finals if uh, they happen to come up against the Nuggets. I'd be very pleased with that. Thank you. I'd be I'd pleased with that. that too. I'd take yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Would the NBA it. wouldn't. No. <laughs> no. But look, I, I think I, I've, I know that our offense is a bit sputtery, but our defense has been really, really solid for a long time, and I see it even getting better as they uh, incorporate White into the lineup. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited where the Celtics are headed. Pete, Big game Pete. tomorrow, Simon. Yeah, Pete, Big tell game. us about that. I was that. hoping Harden would be part of it too. No, he's not. No, this he's... is going to be a big test for the Celtics. This will tell you. It this is. will show you where you are. It is. Yeah, no, we're, we're very excited by that game. And, you know, without you guys having Drummond and Curry there, um, they're two guys that always we took play care well of the Cle- Celtics. We're, we're rolling along. We we took care of Cleveland. Yeah, no you problem. did. And yeah, that's yeah. another. That's a just quickly. That's a bit um concerning. Um, Mobley's drop off and form, isn't it? Like big oh, hopes, yeah. but he's a rookie. You can't get yeah, a whole season. That's right. That's right. And and they are. I mean, they're starting him. He's playing very big minutes. You know, like, yeah, a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. I heard you're auditioning a um, my replacement because I've got an offer in from Road Bogues. Um, apparently, he's a Knicks fan. Yes. Yeah. Coming up, I'm going to have to step off in a minute. Um, yeah, looking forward to the game tomorrow. And me too. Um, as you said, Trey's going to um, to Charlotte's a big one. They need us a bit more. But then he goes there and they get whooped. They got whooped bad. But they came back in the last... But you know what, Pete? You know, they're going to really miss Gordon Hayward because he he offered that sort of glue. Yeah. He was a guy that could defend a lot of players. He was that secondary ball handler. He'd score one-on-one and everything for them. And I always thought that their success was going to hinge a lot on him. And he now that he's out, you know, I don't see them going very far. No, because it was kind of... Because um, what who you got for see Kelly Oubre's uh, streaky in that spot and he's not um, you can't rely on him on the defensive end. Like I'm, he's just he's one of these modern players that just seems to think the game is offense. Pete, I like what I see from him though. I, I um, he's as he's as streaky as Evan yeah. Fournier. Fournier uh, can go for thirty or can go yeah. for three. Yeah, no, I like him. I like him. Um, oh, and Bagley going to the Pistons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He'd be the backup for beef stew. <laughs> uh, what else? Anything else interesting? Oh, well, another interesting thing that didn't happen, the Lakers. Wow. Mm. 
Talk about nothing. Did they, no one wanted to trade? Well, they always said, you know, wait till the trade deadline. And now they're saying, well, wait till the buyout market, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. It's oh, not no. looking good for old Russ. I, saw, I saw Stephen A the other day with one of his diatribes saying that they should trade Anthony Davies. Really? Anthony Davis now, yeah. Well, like, well he, like, he, he was at the peak value now, and he's never he, going to get any better. Stephen A was telling them that they should trade Cole Kuzma for Devin Booker last year. So uh, I don't know what Stephen A's thinking half the time. I don't know what is he smoking. He's just one of these what? shock jobs. Could they have? Could they have got him? Booker? No way! Oh, okay. No way! Okay. I was just going to say, <laughs> I, w- I would have done that if I was the Lakers. I am. A, I am in the world of basketball. What, what were the Lakers a, thinking, Oracle? I'm a me. I'm a me. They wanted more picks. <laughs> I yeah. think I've given up Brendan Ingram. Like, what? What is with the Lakers? Is it? Is it the? Is it the organization? Because you look who goes and extends their career, oh. and now they're, they're they're full blown what you consider in the upper echelon of players. And you yep. could even put Josh Hart in there because he was playing the best. Yep. On, on the oh. on the Pelicans before he was he, he was traded. Yep. But you look at Brendan Ingram and you look at Kuzma. Kuzma is dragging the Wizards into competitiveness and in games. He's a triple-double threat every time he enters the court now. Yep. Pete, you're right. I don't think they have very smart um, guys upstairs at the Lakers. No. They, they like, LeBron wanted to go there. They didn't have, they weren't some sort of, uh, didn't pull some incredible move to get him. He just wanted to go there. And then they traded everything they had to get Davis. And look, they got a championship out of it. So, you know, they win, but. You know, I haven't seen good moves from them for like you know fifteen years. You know, they they done nah. they've done terrible. No, nah. all they got is the big Hollywood lights. I I'd still right. want I still want to see them slip in the eighth spot of the uh, playoffs anyway for the West. All right, Pete. So all mate, right. we might see love you and leave you, mate. Um, when's All Star? Is it this weekend? Yeah, I think so. It's pretty uh, soon. I'll see you next week for the analysis. Yeah, and, and to see what happened in the Celtic 76ers game, mate. That's oh, very yeah. important. Yeah. Take care, Pete. See you, mate. And, yes, we're back. You're with the Aussies on NBA. Uh, we've got the Oracle with us, and we're joined by a new member of the team, a, a man who needs little by way of introduction, but I'm going to have to give you a little one. He is... <sighs> I'd say a Knicks fan in hiding and a man that uh, is still, uh, I'd say, up there in terms of the NBA world in Western Sydney in terms of actually putting blood, sweat and tears out in the court. We've got the big man Dale on the other end of the line. Uh, Most of you know him as uh, the Knicks with kicks. Oracle, is there anything else you want to let us know about Dale before we hear from the man himself? Well, Dale is uh, a neighbour of mine, and we often talk about NBA out in the street as we're doing our garbage or something like that, and um, always valued his opinion. And, and one day he was over at my house uh, giving me a hand painting, and, um, and he said he'd love to come on the show. So I thought, great, and, um, and here he is. How you going, Dale? Hey boys, how you going? Good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, mate. Uh, I, when Simon said you're a Knicks fan, I thought, oh, here we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but 
But normally, normally when people ask me who, who I um, support, I, I, I always you know, say the Knicks, and they, they you always the most common response I get is I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Do they offer you a hug? Yeah. Yeah. Mate, how did you actually fall into the trap of you know being a Nick fan? Were you a young Spike Lee fan? You know, watching movies back in the yeah, day, or what, yeah. what was it? Uh, um, growing up in the eighties. The whole hip hop scene of of New York, uh, Run DMC, and all that was just you know obsessed with New York. Yes. And um, yeah, graffiti and all the the whole sort of culture around that. So drew drew me to it. I was going to ask you. I I asked Simon. I said, "Does he have a tag?" And he goes, "What? What does that mean?" I said, "He's into graph." <laughs> Didn't know what I was talking about. Are you are you into graph or? Uh, not that you can say. A little bit at the time. I. I I never um, executed. I would, I would draw it all the time. So I'm into art, so I, I would draw it, but I n- never got out there and got arrested for it. But no. <laughs> well, well, not Dale, that you're going to tell us anyway. <laughs> Dale, in, when you were a Knicks fan in the 90s and things, did you have a player that you gravitated to? Was it a John Starks or an Oakley? or Who was your favourite player back then? I can't recall, actually. It's more even before that, like in the, early, uh, the 80s, like um, Ewing and... I can't, can't recall actually which which players were, I was it was so long ago, but yeah. I, was, I was into it in the um, in the eighties. Um, but actually, and then um, throughout, so how I got into basketball is I was playing soccer and basketball as a kid, and um, I lived at Bankstown, uh, just near the Bankstown Basketball Stadium. And uh, my parents told me uh, I've got too many sports; something's got to give. Concentrate on one, you know, soccer or basketball, and um, basketball won. So I played uh, yeah, for six years throughout uh, high school and uh, played for the Bankstown Bruins there. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So and you had a bit of a – you were playing it until uh, fairly recently as well, weren't you, Dale? Yeah. Yeah, so what happened was um, I was uh, I played until I was about 17. Um, then when I went to uni, got into skateboarding and um, was been, been, it's been skating ever since. But, um yeah, uh, 20 years later, uh, I was actually working uh, with a client of mine at Booper, and they, they put together a, a basketball team to play at lunchtime. And they asked me to join them. I thought, oh, yeah, that's be a good thing to do. Uh, you know, keep the client happy, you know, client <laughs> relationship and all that. Yeah. And I uh, fell in love again. I thought, wow, this is awesome. I totally forgot. So Did that rekindle your love of the NBA when you started playing again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, got got the subscription and um, yeah, been uh, watching and yeah. So, um, but also um, when that we played, I think uh, three or four seasons there, and then we sort of the, the team people moved on from the, that job and we lost the team. Uh, but I ended up continuing playing. Was so I played locally at Minto, um, played again at Bankstown. Uh, I was playing in three different competitions at the same time. I need to jump uh, in here. Oh, I need to jump in here, Oracle. So what skills came back to you quickest and what took the most time? Like, so did you remember the game? Did you remember, you know, what to do on D? Could you hit a shot? What, what happened when you came back? Were you, did you practice for a while first or what happened? Yeah. Yeah, well, Simon can attest to that. I've got, got the ring oh, yes. out of the backyard there. Um, he can hear the ring rattling. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I practice. Um, and because I haven't got much space there, uh, and also because I tend to be the tallest, I'm only six foot two, but in mo- most places I play, you know, um, you know, so power forward or, or center. Yeah. 
So I'd, um, and as See, I mentioned to you before, you being Nick's fan at the time, was a huge Carmelo Anthony fan, and so modelled the game on him. A lot of uh, post up, you know, back to the ring, spin around. Well, I know that um, six two, definitely where we grew up in Carabamata, that's considered like six seven, six eight in New York. <laughs> that's right. Um, so yeah, you would have been a giant uh, walking around Western Sydney, mate. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, and what position did you play? Like, if you're doing power forty stuff, did you like? Were you a ball handler at all, or were you a um, back to the rim? You know, yeah. player with some in the low post. What were you doing? Yeah, low post, uh, back to the rim, and um, just wait, wait for the wait for the ball. Keep you know. So a typical sort of uh, Carmelo Anthony sort of model, sort of uh, ISO ball. So, yeah, they don't see much of that kind of ball in the NBA today, do you? No, no. Is that, is that something you miss is it like when, you, when you look at a game today and you're seeing all that shooting and the ball handling? You think, ah, I long for the days of that back-to-the-basketball, yeah. grind it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, know, I know Jokic and Embiid still get away with a bit of that sort of stuff yeah. and, and are still uh, fairly high in their percentages. But if you're not watching the game much anymore... It might be worth having a look at those two. Uh, Sneaky Pete, who who just went off, is a big 76ers fan. I'm a Nuggets fan. And Jokic and Embiid are, are still able to post up and do quite well. But players like them feasting in the post, it's it's a rarity now, isn't it, Oracle? It is, but they do it so well. Like I, mean, I don't think we've seen post players like this uh, probably since Akeem Olajuwon, I would yeah. say. You know, um, these guys are so good now. So, Dale... Um, you mentioned to me that after you, you know, had that huge love affair with uh, Carmelo and the Knicks, uh, you know, um, recently, you then sort of started to um, turn off uh, the NBA. Can you tell us what's happened uh, to go from, you know, such a big fan to switching off the um, the league pass in the last couple of yeah, years? Yeah, yeah, I've cancelled my subscription, and, and I um I was doing legit. I was paying paying four hundred bucks a year. I wasn't doing the uh, VPN, um, you know, dodgy pay a hundred bucks through Brazil like some guys do. Really, uh, some people do that. Can I you do ever, that? I didn't ever yeah, know that was a thing. We might have to find out how you do that. Yeah, can you... when you sign up, they would sign up through you know the cheapest country in the world through a VPN, mm. and then once you signed up, you then um, can access it from anywhere. That's oh. why they got those um, Spanish announcers all the time, Matty. Oh yes, <laughs> that's what it is. Yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, so anyway, yep. Yeah. So it was uh, the asterisk season, the 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 bubble bubble season. Yep. It was all a bit bit too much. Um, uh, you know, I'm a huge supporter of uh, Black Lives Matter and anything, but you know, I don't know about you guys, but I'm and I'm into politics, but I like to switch off politics when I when I watch mm. basketball. That's the, you know. Um, you know, just escapism, and, and it doesn't matter who you vote for or whatever, or what your agendas are. Um, you know, it's a, meant to be the sort of great equalizer. You know, yep. the, the ball is uh, the the judge there. And yeah, it was just um, and the whole bubble thing it was just horrible to watch. Um, and so after that, I, thought, I can't can't stand this. And um, and also the uh, pressure of uh, China. It's just taking the fun out of the game. Um, you know. Or Sam Daryl Morey having that uh, tweet in your know, personal tweet that he made in his own time sort of like became big news and it was just becoming a bit too much. So I still watch, um, actually, I watch the NBL occasionally and uh, I'll fire up on YouTube uh, some classic, um, you know, 
old 80s and 90s games. Actually, I've been watching the um, uh, going through all the years of the dunk competitions uh, from oh, yeah. Jordan's era. Yeah, it's been my thing lately. Have you ever heard of a podcast called In All Airness? No. Oh, okay. He's actually a local fellow up on the mid-north coast. Um, I think I was strolling through Bunnings up in Coffs Harbour rocking a Denver Nuggets singlet. Um, yeah. And I think a pair of footy shorts and thongs. Um, That's a very good coast to look, mate. Yeah. I'll fit right in. Don't worry. I, I was hanging out in Tormina earlier. The locals up here would know what that meant. Uh, and, I, and this Blake walks past in a... Michael Jordan, Bulls jersey. And I'm like, yo. And he's like, yo. And I'm like, hey. We started talking. There's a bit of A's and yo's for quite a while. Yeah. Probably about 10 minutes later, things settled down and we started talking. Turns out he's got a podcast in all airness. It's massive. Um, all right. And it's all about that Michael Jordan era and surrounding era, you know, that, that type of era of the NBA. Talking about the great games, great matchups the great players you remember, all that sort of stuff. A local fella up here, anyway, uh, worth a listen to if, if you know, because the, the Knicks get talked about a fair bit. Uh, sort of thinking about that, I I hear where you're coming from too. I The way I rationalise it is that uh, my brother's a big fan, I've got mates who are big fans, um, uh, my other brother's a jazz fan, and it is something that uh, is interesting to watch. The politics side of it, I don't get into it at all. Uh, I just enjoy it for what it is, and I just try not to focus on that stuff, although I think it's ridiculous. Um, with Ennis Freedom and whatnot uh, being dumped by the Celtics recently. Uh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ennis, Ennis Freedom. We, you know we're back on Chinese TV now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way I just try not to think about it, I realise that it's a product um, and where it's a bunch of, you know, rich guys putting together, giving a certain set of rules and, you know, go and try and win this game, you know, and, and mm. I understand that's what it is and, and there's a lot of money behind it and that's what it's all about. But, you know, I still get my little joys, you know, of players coming through. I, I love it that the Nuggets are a team that build and they're not just a buy-in team. And I like that, that they're a building team. Uh so I still, that's what draws me to it. You know, my yeah. team, how they go. I don't buy into the international pressures and all that well, sort of stuff. Yeah. Maddie, would you I say? I think that was probably the tipping point. It was more, more so the fact that the Knicks were just being terrible. I mean, they were, um, you know, 2012 uh, was a great team. Like, that was the... Where they all had the Felton shooters, Felton wasn't it? And, um, was that? Uh, J.R. Smith and Stoudemire. And, like, that was a great year. Yeah. Um, but after that, that, that's ten years ago. I know, yeah. I know. And, and, the, and then you start last year. Oracle, yeah. you start you start thinking about the Knicks before them when they're a good team. When you start thinking about like Houston, uh, you're thinking about Spreewell and, and that sort of era. Yeah. And they never made it. And then you start yeah, thinking, no. oh, okay, you know, John Starks never made it with Ewing. No. Uh, it was 1971, I think, was their last title. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, 1971. Uh, yeah. That was the, uh, that, you know, the old guy on the sidelines for them, Matt, that uh, Walt Frazier, yes. the guy that's in the suits. Yeah. That's when he was in the team. Yeah, right. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I can understand that too. In saying that, though, the Nuggets, uh, you know, our, 
our claim to fame and what you know got me onto them was when Matumbo uh, came from the bottom end of the uh, Western Conference to beat the Supersonics. Uh, well, you know, with his team, obviously, it wasn't just him who were first placed and you know, went into the next round of the playoffs and I thought, oh, I like these guys. I see a lot of winning in their future and, uh, yeah, we've yet to win it, but uh, it's been a fun <laughs> ride. Uh, and, well, Matty, mm. would, I was just going to, on, on Dale's point about the um, politics and things, would you say that this year that there's still been a thing in the NBA? Well, I think they've got so much going on with the with the COVID and with players in and out. And I, I think the NBA has had enough of this stuff and, and I think yeah. the owners and that are like, come on, you know, can we just get back to playing basketball? And, yeah. you know, they've got players yeah. coming and going from the lineups uh, due yeah. to protocols. You know, some bloke went to Sizzler when some other bloke was sick in the toilet or something like that and he couldn't play. Um, it's got a little bit silly. Uh, yeah, so I think, Dale, uh, that's all that all that politics thing has sort of died down a little bit. You know, they're not in that bubble anymore, as you know, and the crowds yeah. are back and, you know, the the fans are bringing that atmosphere again to the matches. And I think some of those things that, you know, made the game a little bit more difficult to watch during that uh, period when they were in that bubble, I, I think that that's gone. And, um I think largely, like, we, we've had some terrific games yeah. this season. It's got back and, to and basketball. The I other... would say, Dale, I reckon it's time to take another look. Well, All right, well, okay, Dale, I'll check it out. I'll say this, Dale. The other thing that's happened, and the thing that frustrated me a couple of seasons ago, were the touch fouls, where you had oh, yeah. um, players pulling through other players' arms to get fouls oh, yeah. Yeah. or diving into someone and pretending to shoot. They have cut. Would you say ninety percent of that out, Oracle? Yeah, it's a, it's a more physical game again. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah, that's the other thing that was annoying as well. All the flops. Yeah, yeah. That's so, all out, mate. That's all yeah. out. Yeah. Um, can I maybe relive a few of my um, glory years in uh, Maddie, basketball? I when you have a when you have a guest on, yeah, <laughs> you try and get them to talk rather than us listening to well, you. Talk. I was just going to throw a little strategy out right. there all when right, I was playing in in Gloucester. Right. I hadn't played for quite a while and I got roped into a team and it was fast became apparent I was, uh, and I, I wouldn't have considered myself a guard. I was a very undersized power forward. Um, but I also got the duties of handling the ball and I didn't have a lot of confidence in my shot from many places, maybe right hand um, side of the key on the corner of the free throw line. And, and a couple other spots around the ring and and dead on straight three point was where my shots and or and also three throw line I could hit him from but yeah. my thing was I found that uh, I was a little bit Ben Simmons ish having been a relatively good touch football Oztag player and stuff and, and I knew what it was like to to be on winning teams you know but never won playing basketball. And I didn't want to be the bloke to miss the shots because I hadn't practiced enough. I I hadn't played for 20 years straight, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I was more, I found myself wanting to be a facilitator, someone who got rebounds, someone who made blocks and someone who made passes and made the team better. Did you find that or did you find that you were, you know, quite happy to shoot? No, happy to shoot. Actually, I have more confidence than ever and actually probably shooting better than I ever, I ever did. Um, so I think uh, playing as a teenager, there's 
you know, the whole thing of like um, memory. And also playing at the Bankstown Bruins, like I was surrounded by some really good players. Uh, there was no way that I was going to, you know, sort of step up. So there I was more of a passer and, um, you know, defense blocker. But um, now this time around, like nothing to lose. Like at, at um, you know, 40 years of age, it's like, I don't care what you think. I'm, I'm going to have a shot. You, you weren't a chucker, were you? Uh, no, no, no. No, okay. So can you give us some stats maybe of the one of your favorite games that you played in, you know, in your second time around? Maybe, you know, one day where they – did you ever get in the zone? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had yeah. Um, one, one game I played um, – actually, there was uh, a game down here at Minto. Um, I went down there just to sort of suss it out and see what, what team I could play with. And um, the Ice Cold Killers uh, were playing. Oh, um, and they were down a player and they needed somebody and they, they, they roped me in. Are they a bunch and, of Maori guys from Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I think I know them. Keep going. Yep. Um and yeah, I scored a three that game and uh, I think it might have been uh the winning basket and they said, Yeah, you can come back again. Oh and, nice. Um but then uh yeah, that they were great uh guys to play with. I played with them for a couple of seasons. Um but I used to go down to where the most fun was in, in my recent um, sort of resurgence of basketball was the pickup game. So I'd go down here at uh, Macquarie Fields uh, near the skate park. Yes. Or I used to work in at uh, Surrey Hills, just near the courts in, at Central. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, park there, you go down there and play with all the um, overseas uh, Chinese students, you know, from Ooh. UTS and Sydney Uni. Yeah. And so I'd tower over them. Carve them up. <laughs> so you, you were finding locations where you would be a giant. Yeah. You're, you're looking. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you weren't hanging out where all the Croatians and Serbs uh, hang out at at Adenza Park. One day at uh, Central, um, I was down there playing, uh, just shooting around by myself. Um, so if there, was, if there weren't any games on, I would just, you know, just practice shots. And um, one day, um, the these players uh, from the uh, Western Western Sydney Giants turned up in their in their kit. They were like in their AFL gear. Oh, okay. And um, they were standing around waiting, like they were waiting for somebody. Then all of a sudden, um, the uh, these uh, three Harlem Globetrotters turned up. Wow. In their kit. So they're doing a media thing. So just uh, a couple of years ago, when the Harlem Globetrotters toured, uh, they were doing like a promo before to you know, promote like, cross promotion. Yeah. Uh, two two codes. And so they did a thing where uh, they had a video guy down there videoing them, and the uh, Harlem Globetrotters would, you know, put a challenge up for the guys to do, and uh, then they would have to copy the shot. Yeah. Um, funny thing was the the uh, Western Sydney um, Giants they they smashed the Globetrotters. So I don't know how they did it in the final edit, whether they made the Globetrotters <laughs> better, but um, the the uh, Giants were actually. Um, Smashing them. Well, the Globetrotters were probably out in the piss the night before or something like that, I'd say. I doubt they were performing at their best. Did you jump in and say, you know, oh, I want to take you on one-on-one to one of the Globetrotters or anything like that? Did you get a chance? Uh, I got a photo with them, but mm. um, no, I didn't uh, get to – they were in uh, – because they rocked up late and the other guys, I didn't want to necessarily have a game with the, the Giants, but nah. I, was, I was waiting for the opportune time to jump in and say, hey, you know, do you need, do you need someone else? you need another guy? Yeah. That would have been awesome. 
But um, yeah, but they they seem to be a bit under pressure to get get photos and video. I didn't want to mess it up for them. Yeah, so uh, that's unreal. Yeah, that Dale, is. Yeah, Dale, um, you said to me as well that um, you know, your culture with uh, the NBA is not just in playing, but you have also a uh, bit of a penchant for some of the fashion and stuff of the NBA, particularly the the kicks. Yeah, shoes. I've got a bit of a shoe fetish. Um, and so when I got back into the basketball, and, and the difference is, like, when I was a kid growing up, um, I would have – my parents would get annoyed because I was gr- growing so fast in my teenage years. Every year I'd have to get a new pair of shoes. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, so I'd always get the cheap shoes because I was like, well, we're not going to spend hundreds of dollars on a pair of shoes and you're going to outgrow them by next season. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so I'd be the, the guy in the Pumas and everyone else is in the Jordans. Yes. Um, and we never had Jordans as kids, did we, Oracle? No, no, no. We didn't even have Pumas. Techman? Yeah. Techman? I had, um, I had Im- imitation um, Jordans. Uh, they were Puma uh, in the same colors as Jordans. Oh. Terrible. And actually, that, that, that was the final pair. So my foot, feet, feet kept growing, having shitty, you know, cheap shoes. And uh, the final pair they, my parents bought me, they said, okay, you, you, we're going to get shoes that are big, too big for you because it'll, it'll last you two years. So I only I stopped growing at a size uh, twelve, but um, the shoes the last shoes they got me were size thirteen. So I was running around with these <laughs> clown shoes on. Wow! So, uh, so now now that I've got a job and I can afford it, so yes. like I could um, you know afford to uh, buy the shoes I wanted, and they got got a bit out of control, and I've got a bit of a collection now. So how many you got? Not not as bad as some. I've got I've got mates. They've got hundreds and hundreds of shoes, but Jeez. I've I've got I've got probably. Yeah, thirty to forty pairs, and I set set myself some rules. So um, I could only buy um, Kobe's and uh, Mellows, and I could only buy three pairs of each a year. So, um, and so is the collection still growing? No, no, I stopped after. I did it for about four years, um, but I bought um, like limited edition stuff. So I got you know Chinese New Year and um, Christmas editions and. Uh, all those, you know, limited edition ones, and some of them I'd miss out. Like you'd have to, you know, get it, get online, or get it, get to the store, you know, line up at the store for them, and I'd miss out on them, and then I have to buy them on the secondhand market, you know, on um, eBay for twice the price. Right. So, so Dale, are you wearing them around, uh, you know, around town or something around Casula, or are you are they on display in your house? Uh, they're, they're in, you know, acrylic boxes all stacked up in the um, the closet. And um, oh, but I'll, I'll wear them and and uh, I'd play in them. So necessarily don't wear them around that much, but I, I would yeah wear a different pair of shoes every time I every game. So yeah. I heard some people like they keep them as investments and things yeah. to go and try and sell them again. Yeah, I should have done that. But uh, also, um, what they do is uh, apparently aesthetically, uh, size nine and a half is the perfect kind of uh, ratio of height and width and length for a pair of shoes. That's my size. And so a lot of uh, shoe collectors will buy nine and a half um, shoes. Also, people buy it in that size knowing that it doesn't fit them and they won't be tempted to wear them. So that's why when I go to get my nine and a half, they're not there. Mm, People are buying up because they look good. Can, yeah. can I tell you a little bit about my shoe collection, Dale? Yeah, yeah, please do. I've got a pair of Derek Rose um, Adidas shoes, mm-hmm. um, and I bought them by – they're red and black, and I think yep. it was when he was 
um, doing pretty well at the um, Bulls because they were red and black. Yeah. And I still got him and I still wear him from time to time. Uh, he's obviously at the Knicks now. I don't know if you've seen, but he's uh, he's not going too bad. Yeah. Um, I've, I've also got a pair of um, – you ever heard of Off-White? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jordan, um, Air Jordans. They're like yep. a candy light blue and white color with like um, orange accents, I guess you'd say, of this oh, different yeah. stuff. And our, our little brother, Adam, he, uh, got them for me. Uh, and he said, I've got to keep this. There's this tag on it. Um, yeah. And I've got to keep that on there. And, I, oh, and, yeah. I, and because what? it's on there, I haven't worn them. And I'm like, what's this tag? I don't know. It's like some sort of. It's, like a, it's almost like a cattle ear tag thing. Yeah. You know? What's that for? It's to say that that's like, because uh, off-white, um, the, the um, their thing is all sort of industrial, um, you know, using... Um, Materials? Uh, different things like uh, for, for belts and tags and th- things like that. And it's got the text, does it have text on the outside, like printed on it, like saying what shoe it is? Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Air Jordan. So, Hian, you would... What, do you have to wear your shoes with those tags on it? Oh, yeah, you can't take it off. Well, that's, what, that's what Adam said, Simon, and I was like, what? what? And he's like, yeah, and I, so I haven't worn it because I thought, uh You can't walk around there and buckle with tags on your nah. shoes. But I've got a um, presentation coming up soon, uh, Dale, where I have to uh, talk to a bunch of people about something, and, I, yep. and they said, oh, yeah, you've got to wear because I normally wear shorts to work. Um, and they said, no, you've got to wear pants. And I was like, Ugh. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I thought, okay. And I thought, well, what can I still keep my hip factor with? And I thought, okay, I'll wear pants, but I might wear my Jokic uh, baby blue and white. So they're Jokic shoes. Well, that's what Adam told me. I don't know. Um, but do you reckon you can rock um, basketball shoes with like a, a collared shirt, you know, button-up shirt with pants? Dale, is that doable? Yep, yep. At a presentation, like you can you can pull that off. Yeah, yeah. If you could, uh, ideally, maybe your shirt uh, has some blue accents on it, maybe to match the shoes. Oh, okay, good. all right. But what, what I'm saying what do do is like, it's socially uh, acceptable for me to wear basketball shoes to a thing like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ricky Gervais did it in the office. Remember? Did he really? When he, he didn't put that music on, you're simply the best, remember? And he put his hat around the other way. <laughs> I do uh, that, though. <laughs> so, so our little brother's a little bit of a fashionista. Um, I was talking to him about some kicks, and he goes, oh, he likes his single. You ever heard of Mastermind? No. No? You ever heard of um, Cause? No. Okay, so these are these guys that are artists that do deals with Nike and whatever, and they yep. put out, you know, a certain limited run of these, um, you know, versions of, you know, Nike shoes, and they're like 30 grand, 20 grand, whatever. And, and I thought, oh, geez. Like, I'd never heard of it, um, and I was just talking to him about it this afternoon. Uh, the other one he, he liked was um, uh, some D- – did you see Dior did an Air Jordan? Oh, really? Oh, okay, yeah. So it's getting it's getting to that end now. Um, yeah. The other thing that happened is Nike did the um, Back to the Future 2 um, shoes. Did you hear about that? I, I saw them, yeah. When I was they were in... like $1,500. Yeah, did you yeah. get them? No, I didn't, no. Dude, I, I, come on, man. I've seen that 
like in front of me. I, I, when I went to LA, that was on display on the wall. Those shoes. They're the they're the soft lacing ones, are they? Yeah. 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 And yeah, so, I've seen them. And like Oracle, you've got some Kyrie's or something you want to tell us about your collection? That is it. Just a pair of Kyrie threes. That's all I've got. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't have a big collection of uh, footwear like that. I've got like a one pair of thongs, one pair of work shoes, a mm. couple of sneakers, and that's about it. You got, you got a couple of singlets, you know, like. Uh, oh got, yeah, singlets, big time. Yeah, Larry singlets. Bird. Who else yeah, you got? Yeah. But I don't have them in like um, boxes and things on display mm. in my room or anything. No. <laughs> uh, so maybe give us a little bit of chat about like how did you keep yourself fit over that period of time and then you know when the offer got made with your booper mate to come and play yep. later in life were you up for it straight away or were you like oh I'm going to have to build up to this or um... no, I think it was good timing actually because I was uh, into running at the time I was doing uh, City to Surf and uh, marathons and stuff Yes, so I was in good condition at the time and then so yeah um, just yeah, jump straight into it. It was pretty, pretty good, good timing. Uh, and also skateboarding. Still, I still uh, throughout. So that's what been a constant throughout my life is uh, skateboarding. So I skate like big uh, concrete bowls and stuff. Um, so that keeps you fit as well. Have you have you been up to the Nambucca and skated any of our parks? No, I haven't. No, mate. So we've just done a few extensions to some of our oh, old yeah. parks and tarted a few of them up. And uh, I wouldn't mind seeing the next time you come through if you can uh, give us a little bit of uh, feedback on what you think from someone who's a yeah. bit of an old pro. I'll have to get up there. I've been meaning to get up there and take my kids up there because my dad grew up in uh, Kempsey, Maxwell. Oh, Kempsey? And, yeah. You know, what the, you know what the Maxville people talk, say about Kempsey? What? We're scared of them. Oh, right. Yeah. A lot of tough people in Kempsey. Tough place to live. Okay. Yeah. Um, but big place. Oh, they're, they're bigger than us on the map. We're just little old Nambucca, little old Maxville. So anything else you got that you, you know, are, are you tempted to get back into the NBA at all and have another little dip your toe into it? Or yeah, what? yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, look, I wouldn't choose Knicks as the first game, first team I watched, though. Mm. No. I'd probably check out a few other teams, uh you, you might want to stay away from the Knicks for a little while, I think. Maybe how's watch. Mel, how's Melo going on the Lakers? Um, oh, well, he's their best shooter. <laughs> he and, oh. and while he's been out, they have faltered. You know, ah. they need him to be firing for them to go anywhere. So he's still an important piece. I would, okay. I would say uh, there's this guy. Have you come across um, Jar Morant? Oh, yeah. For, for yeah, the Grizzlies, yeah. yeah. I'd say watching one of his games against, you know, one of the other young up-and-coming guards might be good. There was a, a, a recent game. Who was he playing, Oracle, where they absolutely carved him up? Um, Morant's looking really good. I, I'd probably watch him. Uh, oh, there, there's so many great young players now. There, there's the a Suns. guy, Josh Giddy, uh, oh. an Aussie, who's um, another, just tearing it up. Yeah, another um, triple-double today. Oracle scored in the 20s and then um, I think it was 13 rebounds and 11 assists or something like that. He, uh, yeah, An Australian uh, player uh, drafted well in the uh, by OKC and he's going awesome. Oh, uh, yeah, I've seen him. I've seen, uh, he's, pass, he's a great passer. I've seen some he's... of his passes on 
um, Instagram. Yeah. Uh, he got uh, 20, 28 today, and he got 12 assists and 11 rebounds. Uh, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. So, did- so there's a lot of young players coming through that are just dynamite, and they're still, you know, you still got Durant, and you still got LeBron playing well, and all these guys, you know. So it's, I, I think the league's never been more talented, wouldn't you say, Matty? No, it's there's looking so really many good. Stars. J- just out of interest, Giddy's wearing low cut um, Converse too. Oh, right. <laughs> old school. Yeah, old school. All right. Uh, it's almost like he doesn't. Like he looks like he doesn't have a shoe deal, but he must have to be wearing those, surely. Um, and has the NBA moved on from um, LeBron yet? Like I was, it was that was the other thing that was annoying me. It was just all about uh, LeBron. And... Well, yeah, I think in in some way they have because like it was just last week, wasn't it, Maddie? That he broke the record for combined regular season and postseason points. He beat yeah, um, Kareem. Yeah. And did we even hear about it, Matty? No. Was it, was it, nah. It, like, I think um, I think he's sort of on the decline a little bit in terms of that too, Dale. He's uh, he's on a team that's losing. He's still playing well. Yeah, he's, he's going well. He's still got to give him his dues. I, but, um, I remember the time when, uh, you know, you'd watch a LeBron game and even if he lost, you'd watch the highlights and LeBron... Uh, you know, it might be, might have been in a team that lost by fifteen or twenty, and eighty yeah. percent of the highlights were him, yeah. uh, and that used to just do me head in, you know. Yeah. But and you think about it, LeBron was um, drafted with Mello, um, yeah. Wade, uh, Bosch, you know, and Mello's just hanging in there, but mm. LeBron is still a force to be reckoned with. Oracle like. There aren't many players that can guard him one on one successfully in the NBA. Yeah. Still, is there really? He, he's he's easily their best player, and they've got Anthony Davis, who's you know people thinking could be, you know, a top five player in the NBA. But it's it's all about LeBron there. Yeah. Like if he's not playing well, Lakers are nothing. So, but but the I league's don't think got... He's got that. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Dale. He doesn't have that complete control over everything because there's other stars in there now too that people okay. want to see you know yeah yeah he's not the you know mvp front runner every single no. year anymore he's you know he's outside that top five now he, he can yeah. still dominate positionally on, on in a game but he's yeah. not dominating the league no yeah and he's still doing all right. Um, and that's the thing. That's the other thing too. Like a guy like Jokic, you've never seen a guy play like him before. The, the sort of skills that he has. It's just, you know, you're watching these highlights and then you see an Embiid playing, doing skills that, you know, maybe Kobe Bryant would do and Jordan would do. And and here we have a seven-footer doing the same thing. Like it, yeah. it's just breathtaking some of these players these days. Yeah. Okay, I'll check it out again. Okay, and then uh, so you're done now in terms of basketball. So you're moving into more of a commentary type role, are you? Um, now that the uh, career is over, you're hanging up um, some of the kicks. Uh, is the Walt Frazier down there at the um, at the skate park? Is that sort of guy? He's got the, you know the flashy clothes, the flashy shoes. He turns up, you know, he's razzle dazzling everybody there. <laughs> No, uh, no, I spent, spent all weekend skateboarding. Now. Actually, I'm, I'm skating a skateboard competition this Sunday at um, Five Dock. There's a Masters, uh, I think over 40s, all us oldies get a, get a roll. 
Wow. Nice. That's unreal. But um, yeah, no, if there's enough time in the week, I'd love to uh, play ball again, just go down and play some pickup. Um, it, anyone who's sort of in that age bracket of thinking, oh, am I over or not, or should I have a go? Uh, how do you recommend they have a crack at getting back into it? Like uh, just rock up to a local comp, find yeah. out when it's on and just turn up even if you don't have a team. And, and, and like how would you go about trying to find a team? Do you just watch teams and see who's short or and then go and say hello or what do you do? Oh, that's what I did when I yeah, joined the uh, Ice Cold Killers. But um, actually I played in another team before that uh, and I just went to the front desk and said, you know, is there somebody that um, needs to – and they put me on a team. I didn't get to choose it. They yeah. just said, oh, these guys are down. And they were a bunch of young guys and they were just, yeah, I didn't enjoy playing with them. Um, so after, I think, about three games, I just went to them and said, guys, I'm, I'm out um, and le- left the team. No, no no hard feelings. Yeah. And, were they um, not feeding you the ball? What was happening? Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they thought the old guy. You know, Boomer. Yeah. Yes. Um, the guy and, with the new know, shoes every week. Who does he yeah. think he is? <laughs> But yeah, all pass him yeah. the ball. They didn't appreciate the the uh, shoe game that I had. Uh, <laughs> but uh, then yeah, just uh, went went across to another court and uh, watched these other guys, and they happened to have, be down a player. And I said, "Yeah, can I join?" And then the rest is next history. week. I, next week I had a jersey. Yeah, very good, very good. So if you're thinking, you know, should I have a crack? Well. You uh, could be anywhere, and there'd be a local comp going on, and you don't know yeah. anyone. Well, basketball is actually a really good um, game to play in in terms of meeting people because you know there's usually uh, seven or eight on a side in you know uh, lower leagues. I, I don't know sort of what level you're playing, but you know just enough to have a bit of a break and then come back on. Uh, you, it's it can be as f- physical or not physical as you want to make it because. You know, I've seen um, people, you know, playing mixed basketball, you know, well into their 50s, you know, and they're still having a go and having fun. And, you know, they're not, you know, uh, taking on people who are going up to the ring hard. They, they jump out of the way. But uh, it is a game you can play up to, you know, varying de- degrees of skill and still have yeah. fun. And I've- yeah, tell us a bit about the camaraderie and the fun of that side of it. Yeah, so after um, that, I thought I'd uh, step it up and because um, I was playing at Norellan, playing at Minto, and I thought I'll step it up and go back to Bankstown and see what's happening there and, and join a team there. And uh, the guy that you know, was the coach and also one of the players on the team, Phil, I can't remember his last name, but anyway, he used to, um, I think it was, he used to be. Well, smile. The CEO at um, the Kings, Phil Smythe. No, 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 Phil, Phil McCracken. Um, McCracken. No, no, Phil. Um, started your last name started with an H. I can't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, uh, him and his son. His son played in the team as well. Um, but he's seventy-two and he was still playing ball. There you go. And um, he uh, eventually, uh, you know, hung up his shoes. Uh, one of the last seasons, seasons I was playing there because. Uh, he loved his tennis too much. He was up. Uh, he said, "You know, one of them's got to give." And um, I love tennis much more, so he right. said, said he was going to play tennis instead. So it's seventy-two years of age. Gave me. Good guy. I, I've got a you know a good thirty years left in me. Yeah, very good. Uh, you never told us what your big scores were and your big games in terms of how many buckets you hit and like scores and stuff. Did you, did you keep stats? No, I didn't, didn't keep stats. You know, um, average game, maybe eight or ten points. Um, 
And um, for a while there, um, the three game was looking good. I'd pull, pull a couple of threes. Um, Technicals? <laughs> no. No tees? I actually had a great um, one time. I got stitches. Um, ended up going to Ooh. Liverpool Hospital uh, emergency one night with I um, uh, got uh, four stitches on the eyebrow. Um, I went up for a rebound as a guy was uh, coming down with the ball and with his throwing elbows. Nice. So did, you, an elbow. did you end up with that cool scar across the um, eyebrow um, in just the right spot? Is that where the stitches went? Uh, yeah, you can't see it. So it's, uh, oh. no, it's not. Um, Missed it opportunity there. Yeah, I've always yeah. wanted to get one of those scars across the. Weren't eye... you shaving them into your eyebrows at one yeah, stage? Yeah, yeah, but it never stuck. It was too much maintenance. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so Dale, if if you do get into the NBA again, if it starts to grab you again, would you come back on later in the year to give us some uh, thoughts and analysis? Yeah, yeah. tell you how it's uh, progressed. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, mate. They've got a couple of good young fellas too, Grimes and um, what's that? What's the other guy they drafted? Oracle on uh, the Knicks. Yeah, Grimes yeah, and that Cam Reddish that they traded for. Uh, hopefully, he gets a run soon too. Yeah, and, and but what's that guy's name? Is like a oh, quickly of the oh, Obi Toppin. <laughs> no, Obi-Toppin. not Obi Toppin. No, it was their first round pick last year. Ah, oh, Oracle, Maddie. I don't know who you're talking about. They don't have that many stars. Are you kidding oh, me? Barrett. Yes, RJ Barrett. Yeah. RJ. Um, RJ Barrett's a uh, good young. Uh, was he a small forward oracle, or would yeah, you? Yeah, he's, he's a strong guy. He's a he's a guy in the Paul Pierce mold. I yeah, think. and and I've seen him play some really good games. I like the look of Grimes. Uh, Randall's coming towards the end of his career, but he had a great year last year and looked really good. Um, an all NBA player. All NBA player. Uh, he had a shuffle. Derek Rose. He, he was Derek Rose was playing awesome. Uh, the coach Thibodeau Tibbs. Uh, sort of but took Matt, him, yeah. I was saying to Dale, I wouldn't watch uh, Knicks for a, a little bit. I want him to get back into the game, not uh, get yeah. turned off again. Maybe, maybe fall in love with the Grizzlies and see how that does. Uh, you can't tell a person to go for this team. Well, you can try, they don't have to listen <laughs> to you. Um, but anyway, it's something to have a, have a think about, anyway. All right, Oracle and Dale, thank you very Thanks, much. And, uh, Dale, if, if you were happening to be tagging uh, later tonight, what would you be writing? Um, or doing some graph? What, what, what Would you have something that you might like to put up on a, maybe on an underpass somewhere out at um, the crossroads or something like that? What would you like to write if you, if you could without any uh, fear from the police? Uh, well, back in the day, we said there was a lot of tension growing up in Bankstown being a skater and all the uh, gangs that were around there. So it was like a constant thing. You'd have to be, be running, running away from all the Lebanese and Maori gangs that just you know, wanted to take a skateboard from you. And um, so for a while there, we had a, a crew. I thought like, well, It wasn't really a crew, but it was uh, the tag the guys would, uh, would do was, um, what was it? Uh, uh, SOR. It was like a skaters over rule. Ooh. <laughs> Very nice. But, uh, yeah. No, I can't remember any of the old tags. That's the only one that comes to mind. Okay. So, so are, you, are you pushing for, like, a Aussies on NBA one, Matt? No, I was thinking, you know, like, uh, freedom of choice or uh, my body, my <laughs> choice or something like that. I don't, know what I, I don't know what I was looking for. 
I don't know. You know, I was hoping for something like that, but anyway. Um, all right, Dale, thanks very much, mate. Thanks, Oracle. Again, you've done a great job. Uh, and we'll be talking next week, won't we? Yeah, thanks, Matty. Thanks, Dale. Thanks, guys. Good job. Cheers.